No, no, shut it down, Johnny. Shut it down. Shut it down, Johnny. Shut it. Thank you. I love the song, Johnny. What, what are you doing, Gersh? Uh, that's our producer, Johnny. Listen, it's Gersh Kuntzman of the Daily News, and obviously that's Vince Dimaselli. What, next what are you to me. doing? We're Listen, I'm a little upset. Show. I'm a little upset. Usually we start the show, you know, it's Brooklyn Paper Radio from America's downtown. You know what? It's all crap. It's all crap. Because it's all come down crashing around me. Now, Vince, I start the show usually by saying, oh, Vince, how was your weekend? I'm doing a great weekend. It was Thanksgiving weekend. What have you been up to the whole Wonderful bit? time. I don't care. You know what? I don't care. And Because I broke up with my girlfriend last night, and I'm not happy about it. Really? How did it, Wait, how did this go down? Well, it didn't go down well at all because I'm, you know, Gersh Kuntzman. I'm awesome. But So people love me. But I, I don't feel good about but, it. But not your girlfriend. No, she she was into me, but it's and it's my fault. And but I, it's over now. Yeah, it's over. But well, I'm, what I'm, happened? Well, I, that's what we're going to do today. This is a special edition. Because I am it, I am on pins and needles. Gersh. We call it a very special episode of the Brooklyn Paper Radio because we're going to get into it. We're going to have we have special guests tonight coming in to talk to me, Gersh Kunstman, about what my freaking problem is that I cannot. You know, I'm divorced, by the way. I, I've heard that. I'm I heard divor- that. Happen. I'm once divorced. I, I was almost about to say twice divorced. I'm once divorced. Well, Pat, this is like a second divorce video. You I guys have been dating for a long time. Long time, great lady, and so I hope this doesn't this doesn't make me look bad because I'm I'm a good friend of yours, and and I, I thought I had a very nice relationship with your girlfriend. Well, you did, and and it was one of the first things she said is just make sure Vince doesn't think that you know she's, it's, it's her fault, and it's not her fault. I want to be clear about this. Okay. But anyway, tonight today's show is going to be kind of a we're going to pick through the wreckage of not of the relationship of Gersh Kuntzman. What is his problem? What's wrong with him? What's right about him, Johnny? What's right about him, Vince? Good question. Okay. So we're going to start it off the way we always start it off. Vince, what do you think? What's, what's wrong with me? What happened? Well, you've, you've had successful relationships for long periods of time, have you not? I mean, what do you see? Long, I was married for, for 14 years. So what happened with that relationship? How, how did that one go sour? Well, the last four were not good at all. The last four what? Years. The years last the four years of your relationship uh, with your wife. Yeah, marriages, you know, we had a great— Wasn't the last four years of that marriage the time you worked with me? Yeah, we, there was an overlap there. I, I'm seeing some sort of uh, Yeah, actually, six of those last there. four years, I worked very closely with Vince here at the Brooklyn Paper. Mm. And it was part of the reason why I left the Brooklyn Paper was to try to save that marriage. And by the way, that was unsafe. It was un—we couldn't save it. You thought that by getting out from, like— our 70 hour, se- our no, it wasn't us. No, it seven, wasn't our relationship. 70 hour work week. No, Ju- Julie, my wife, was not jealous of you, Vince. No, she should have been. We, yeah. you and I, spent more time together than she and I spent together those last few years. And every time I went over there, it was always a nice time. It was always a lot. We of food. had some steaks and stuff, oh, and hamburgers, always, always. and no, all sorts was, of things. She was a great lady, but you know, it didn't work out. All and right. then after my marriage, I had a series of relationships, none of which lasted, except for this recent one, none of which lasted more than six months. And you got to wonder, well, is it me? And the answer is obviously yes. It's got to be. Wait, really? Well, who else could it be? Because I'm the control group, is what you're saying. I'm the same guy, and you're, all the rel- yeah, ladies that, are that's different. That's the one thing that is consistent in all of these relationships, Gersh, is you. Okay. So we're going to talk a lot about what it is about me. We're going to bring in a couple of special guests who are going to say, look, I've known you for a long time, Gersh, and you are flawed. You're a flawed individual. Flawed we're going to talk about that. First, we're going to start by getting Ruth Brown in here. Because Ruth Brown is a journalist. She might, be, she might be a good person. She's from another country. So yeah. She's going to have a, a different perspective on all this. I think they do things differently in South Africa. All right, let's give her a call. Or wherever she might be from. Tell you why I'm bringing her in. Oh, tell her to tweet the show first. Tell her we're on the air. 
Well, if she doesn't answer, I'm going to call somebody else. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there hey, Ruth Brown, it's Gersh Kensman of Brooklyn Paper Radio. We are doing a special edition show about the failures of Gersh Kunstman in ask relationships. Her, ask her if she tweeted it. First, you should tweet the show. We're live. Mm-hmm. And well, then you I'm should... doing my job here. I'm All right. Well, come on in because you've got to be on the show. We need you. All right. Here she comes. So the reason, I'll tell you why we're calling uh, Ruth Brown. Ruth Brown is married. So obviously this is not me flirting with Ruth because I'm on the rebound. I want to date an Aussie journalist. Ruth, I'm just explaining. She's in the audience here. Ruth, I'm just explaining. You're a married lady. Correct. Great journalist. So Correct. this is not a Gersh Kunstman on the rebound trying to date Ruth Brown. Let's put her on the show. Okay? Just Although it, it could be. Look, we're going to talk about that. Anyway, Ruth, you're a journalist, a great journalist. You've been married. For how many years have you been married? Mm, that's a good question. Um, wow. Like, that's the heck of a marriage. Uh, what year is it now? 20, like... I don't know. That's the toughest, six years. happiest six days. day of your life, the six day you got married. <laughs> six Clearly. years you've been married. Now, Ruth, you've been married. You're a journalist. You work long hours at the Brooklyn paper. At the same desk I sat at for many years. How do you keep it going? What's the secret when you're a journalist, your, your hands are in the sausage, your hands are in the mud every day. My ex-girlfriend, she didn't love that about us. How do you do it? How do you keep it going? Well, uh, my husband might agree with you, uh, with her on that. Uh, it is tough with the hours. Um, I think, in general, the I've always thought the secret to making relationships work is that you should lead fairly independent lives. I it, think things always lives. seem to go sour when people need the other person around constantly, and they always need to be doing the same activity at the same time. I think it's fine for people to have their own lives, their own friends, their own social activities, their own jobs. And, you know, come together to do things sometimes and then go your own way other times. You don't have to be together every night. You don't have to eat dinner together every night. You don't have to go to the same movies every time. Hmm. So is that is that how they do it in Australia or South Africa or wherever your accent tells us you're from? <laughs> uh, no, I think that I, I'm pretty sure the same relationship problems are probably fairly universal. Well, I, I want to backtrack, though. So you're talking about you literally... You, you 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 don't spend that much time together with your spouse. So it's not forever together. It's forever not together. Uh, look, I would say we don't spend as much time together as probably either, either of us would like, which is partially due to the erratic and demanding hours of my job, but also sometimes his job. Uh, but, you know, I think we try to spend quality time together at other points, but sometimes he might say, I want to, go and see this show and I'm not interested in going to see that show and I say fine find a friend to yeah. go and I will do something else with my evening and that I'm, perf- I'm perfectly happy to do that because you're comfortable who you are yeah I'm comfortable who I am and I think if you love somebody you don't why, why would you want to be making them do something that's not enjoyable for them well but here but here's mm. the thing I tried that with with my my girlfriend mm-hmm. and who again again it's my fault she's a lovely lady but she would feel like when, when we didn't do things together in the limited time we had, mm. she would feel disconnected from me. So I, it was much better when we spent a lot of time together. If we had a concentrated weekend where we were together the whole weekend, we, had a, uh, we connected better. Mm-hmm. No, so, and I think that's fair. I, 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 I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that I'm uh, the living embodiment of a, of a perfect relationship. I think that is difficult. Or maybe, and then maybe the exam, the maybe the answer in those cases is to not do the thing that one of you wants to do and the other one doesn't want to do and, and do something that you both need to do. But, oh. uh, you know. That's not easy. I mean, I you, think, she, I just think accepting that there's a certain amount of time apart uh, and having your own lives and interests is, is a healthy, is a healthy thing and not, and not a, 
a, a negative thing in a relationship. So Ruth is kind of living by the motto that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Girl. She's, really, really. I, I that never worked with my girlfriend because absence made her feel like I wasn't thinking about her, wasn't loving her. And I was. I just, I just, to be honest, couldn't pay attention to her in the absence of her. When I was with her, mm. it was it was gangbusters. But, it was fantastic. But would you agree with with the theory of, of absence and the heart growing it, fonder? From you personally. I do. I do believe that. And I always felt very fondly towards, you know, we got to start coming up with a name because she doesn't want her name. But I always felt very fond of J- Jody. Uh, I just made that up. It's not, mm. a, not a real name. But I always felt very fond. I missed her when I wasn't with her. But, you know, I got kids. Johnny, you know I got kids. The producer, Vinny, you know I got kids. They're very demanding. Got a job. But suddenly we're going to use my real name? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ruth, we got to get out. The, the bottom line is your husband is not a journalist. No, he's does it bot? Does the work you do, forget about the hours, but mm-hmm. the actual kind of ugliness of the work we do, the relentless questioning and the, oh, I mean, my girlfriend didn't like the... Just the, the we write about dirty subjects, sex and relationships and dating and bars. Does that bother your husband? I don't think the content bothers him. Uh, I think the, I think the, there's some maybe the questioning and the inability to like if we watch the news at night, especially if we're watching like New York One and watching the local news. I and I start screaming at the television yeah. if I feel like the report is wrong or that they've missed mm-hmm. a point and mm-hmm. that dry, he just uh, you know he just wants to tune out and, and watch the news whereas I a terrible question yeah and, and that's when you're when you're watching Kiernan am I right Pat Kiernan no I don't no. I'm no. he's been watching. on the show he's Pat been on is a the friend show. of the show yes. obviously all right Ruth we got to get out I want to thank you obviously the last question though mm. the toughest question mm. what do you think of me personally just lay it on me am I a catch or not a catch I think I think uh, you would be a catch for the right person, but you're a you're a large personality, Gersh. Yeah, I which suck a is, lot of the air what, out of a room. Yeah. What makes you special? But I think I'm wow. sure I'm sure it would take uh, a very complimentary personality to appreciate and uh, enjoy that. You mean someone mm. who compliments me a lot? That's what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah, actually, no question about it. Actually, yes. Yeah, yes. thank you for that, Ruth Brown. All right, Ruth Brown, get out of here and send in Lauren Gill. Thank you very much. Now, Ruth. the reason we're going to bring in Lauren Gill, uh, and I think uh, you'd want to play that song for us, Johnny. Uh, Lauren Gill and I uh, were in the same right audience. Now. Yeah, why don't you play it right now? Do it for the Connor Oberst show last week. Oh, that is loud, Johnny. It's a mass grave. All right, turn it down for a second, Johnny. So the song starts, It's a Mass Grave. Uh, and it opens the album. It opens the, the album. So Lauren Gill has just walked in. We're talking a little bit about Connor Oberst. She's Lauren. our music editor here at the Brooklyn Paper. The reason we're bringing it in is because I went to the Connor Oberst show on Wednesday. That was the day before Thanksgiving. And I brought my girlfriend, who is not a Connor Oberst fan. He, she finds him relentlessly bleak. And I wanted to bring in Lauren Gill because I know you're an Oberst fan. What is it about these relentlessly bleak songs that we like? Like, what, I actually feel happier when I listen to Conor mm. Oberst than I do if I listen I to- asked this question to Adam Derwitz when we had him on the show. You did. I did, and I didn't get the kind of answer that I thought I needed. Maybe uh, maybe Lauren Gill what, can, can help us what out. What is here. it, Gill? Because I love the show. And, ne- and, and my girlfriend did not. Oh really? Yeah. Had she listened to his music before? Yeah, I'd played a lot of music. She calls mm. it uh, she calls it my sad white boy music. Oh, yeah, well, I mean some could characterize it as that. Okay, but but I was energized after that show. Yeah, I thought it was a great show. It was a great message you gave out. Well, the, what, what was the wait, message? What was the message? The message was just about all of like the post-Trump things. No, nah, it wasn't the message. The oh. message was he is a very sad really screwed up 
depressed guy who's dealing with the fallout from, well, first, a brain tumor, second, a, a, a false rape charge that it was recanted, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and obviously his own drinking. So what do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, and uh, last year he was he stopped touring because he was exhausted and yeah. needed time to so rest. Is that the basis of a great relationship, a brain tumor, false rape accusation, alcoholism? I mean, that's the way my girlfriend looked at it. She's like, what, why are you bringing me to this? This isn't fun. I think his lyrics are amazing. That's why I like him. Can we get that song again a little would bit? Would you let's agree that the lyrics are sad? Most of the time they are. Well, let's listen. We've got tachycardia. It's a mass grave, a dollar fifty resting place on the north. Faith, it's a rope I've gotta climb. I'm a stone's throw from everyone I love and know, but I can't show up looking like I do in an old suit. My hair is slicked back nice and smooth in a court room. Sweat rolling down my back. It's a bad dream. I have it seven times a week. No, it's not me. But I'm the one who has to die. Well, that's sad. That's pretty sad yes. there, Lauren Gill. The song basically depicts the, him in the courtroom basically facing his accuser who then recanted. He's, he's like, going to die. It, it, and it goes on from there. Yeah. Uh, so obviously it opens the show what's with a, that. What's a tachycardia? That's some, the heart condition? Tachycardia is, is either a slow or an elevated heart rate that cannot be explained. Really just happens. Well, I mean, the, it, when you're under great stress. Hmm. Anyway, so Lauren, you were at the show. Yeah, I was at the show. If you were dating a guy who says... Hey, Lauren, I got two tickets to the most depressing show in town. What would you think about that? Um, and, and if they were to con her over, I'd be like, great. Okay, but what, <laughs> all right. So say you're She's not a, a fan, girl. You're a fan. You're going the wrong route here. You got to take, take a different path on this. Lauren, I guess what I'm asking, Lauren, is did I do the wrong thing? I had these tickets. Connor no. Oberst, I really revere him. I think he's like basically like watching Dylan. I mean, he's he's that yeah. good a poet. Yeah, never watched Dylan, but you know, I can imagine. Right, very well, let's let's leave the Dylan. I could listen, yeah. Gersh. I can speak to this a please, little bit myself please, because, as you know, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to sit in my room late at night and listen to uh, Nebraska with the lights out. That's sure, a Springsteen album. You might be aware of it. Well, this yes. album is like okay. is like Connor Oberst's Nebraska. Yeah, this is Connor Oberst's Nebraska. Everybody I wrote that in the New York Daily News, by the way. Yeah, after I told it to you. So. The, the point is, my wife does not like sad music and literally cannot sit in the car with me yeah. for more than an extended period, of t- for more than a few minutes when I listen to my albums. I have to put on something else Ugh. or I have to put on NPR or I got to put on uh, uh, 106.7 to listen to the Christmas songs right now. So what happens but, when that happens? But the pro- No, the problem is she does not like sad music. Okay, so what do you? How do you? I love that? sad music. I think the why? Question, why do you love sad music? I love sad music because for some reason it makes me feel good. Are we, Lauren, what do you think that is? Why do I think that is? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think sad songs say so much? Nicely done. That's See, Lauren a, doesn't a even big get question. Lauren doesn't even get the reference. No, she doesn't. Where is that's that? That's an from? Elton John song. Elton John oh, okay. song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Missed that one. Yeah. Sorry about that. 
But Lauren, maybe I, Johnny knows. <laughs> the point is, we got to let her. We got to let her go because she's covering the, um, the Christmas, Christmas tree lighting. Tree lighting. But last question, Lauren. Okay. So. What would you rather cover, the Christmas tree lighting or the Conor Oberst concerts? The con- uh, concert. What do you think? I'm I'm going to go with the Christmas tree lighting because it's such a happy occasion. Yeah. It's I found really. I, I have to tell you, I felt really sad for my girlfriend at the concert because she wasn't having a good time, and. And it's it's sad for me, Lauren, because I I love Conor Ober so much. And I want to share. It's yeah. it sounds stupid. It's either like you get it or you don't. I no, no, like, I'm no. not blaming my girlfriend. I'm saying mm-hmm. I wanted to share the the stuff I feel when I hear his music with her. Mm-hmm. But like, you can't really. Is that realistic? You can't do that no. really. Everyone she, feels different things yeah. when they listen to that music. There was your girlfriend a glass half full or a glass half empty type of person? What I, would you say? I would say she's a glass glass half full. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah, she's an optimist. But you know, she's a psychiatrist, so they they think about everything. And and I often would not even know the the language that I could express what she was thinking about before I could even. Under, I mean, I couldn't understand. I I can't even express it right now, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I went to the concert with my dad, and oh. my mom does not like Conor Oberst. Your dad went? How, how old yeah. is your dad? Um, I don't know, like 50-something. I think your dad and I should be hanging out. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Where's I your t- dad? Is he in Brooklyn? No, he's in Delaware. So I told Vince Delaware. that... Um, yeah. So he <laughs> read your... Work. That's geographically undesirable. Yeah. So I told Vince that he read your Daily News review without knowing that I know you. Oh, my nydailynews.com um, review. he liked that you compared it to Nebraska because he didn't like in Rolling Stone where they said that it was similar to Blood on the Tracks. And he thought Nebraska was a much better reference. Oh, yeah. Now, that's did, Vince's. That's, and what did I Vince's. tell you? What did I tell you when, uh, when you told that, <laughs> that to that me? That that was your... Thank you. That's why. Well, I, that's I, exactly I say this. what I told Gersh. Anybody at Rolling Stone obviously doesn't know what they're talking about. It is not like Blood on the Tracks at all. Blood on the Tracks, although a sad album, is mm. is much more upbeat. It's it's up tempo, etc. You heard a little attack of Cardia there, but if you go well, and listen, well, the last song in the album, Saint Diphna, is yeah, not and little, Saint, little Saint Diphna, a little bit upbeat, yeah. but but yeah. still a de- little depressing. It's literally what? about a bar named after the patron saint of depression, where they go and they drink until basically the bar kicks it them out. Could have been yeah. worse. They could have named it Saint Elmo's Fire. Um, my question is, what was the atmosphere like at the at the concert? Were people? I mean, this isn't the type of concert where people are up and dancing around, no. is it? No. So, is it just like dead silence in the audience, and everybody's just like? <gasps> there were a couple of people who yelled out, "I love you, Connor Oberst," yeah. and you can see with Oberst, he he feels sad about that. It doesn't lift him up at it all. It Doesn't help him. He feels guilty about it, which you know I know as someone who um, broke up with his girlfriend, what that's like. Mm-hmm. What was your first experience uh, listening to? Oh, how'd you discover Con Arbors? Uh, so I saw him in 2004 when he opened up for Bruce Springsteen at the <gasps> Vote for Change tour in Philadelphia. Wow, that's so a good show. I've seen him like 15 times since then. Wow, mm. wow, wow. Yeah. So how, how much of your hard-earned money has gone to the Connor Oberst, uh, toward the Connor Oberst experience? I'm a big uh, Connor Oberst supporter. You're supporting. Supporter, right. You're supporting yeah, his music. Yeah. All right. So, final question: Did I do the wrong thing by bringing a woman I love to a Conor Ober's concert to listen to an hour and a half of very depressing music? I don't think so. She might have loved it. You have no. to give her the chance, you know. Well, she didn't love it, and mm. she, I knew and, she was not. And a fan. days later, they broke up. Was that yeah. the straw that broke the camel's back, Gersh? That's my question. I don't know what what this camel has anything to do with it. Camels are much stronger than straws. I know, you could have you, a lot of straws if, on a camel. I know, but eventually one of them is going to break his back. No, I disagree. I think you'd because no. the, the amount of straws that one would have to hold it would be bigger than the camel's back. There is to begin a way with. to to design it 
where you can get them all on the back. Like in a straw holster, some yeah, big some holster. That will literally break it. No, I don't point. think – I think that the holster would break before the back would break. What if it's a really strong holster, as strong as the camel? I, there's no holster stronger than a camel's back. I don't even know where you're Lauren's going. Lauren's trying to get out of here. All right, Lauren's got to go cover the, the um, tree lighting. Lauren, thank you for Tell talking. Tell the reindeer we said hello. That's Lauren Gill, music and depressing music editor of the Brooklyn Paper. So Lauren Gill, now you, you love Conor Arbus. Ra- Lauren's leaving. You love Conor Arbus. I do. And Conor Arbus writes the type of music that we know. It's sad. It's kind of earnest. But sure. you love his music. Now, this goes against everything you stand for. As a as a newspaper um, reporter, what editor, you slash you journalist, you you specifically said that y- you know your goal as an editor is to mm. is to uh, remove earnestness from uh, American letters. Correct. Uh, it's actually in my obit that I am yeah. a an enemy of tedium and mm-hmm. b I I have a one man crusade to end earnestness from American letters. Yeah, but wouldn't you say some of uh, Connor's music is earnest? It's very earnest, but there's a difference. So why why do you like this? In, in, why do you like it in that form? Well, it's very simple. But not th- Oh, well, explain it to me. Because this is a different form of journalism versus poetry. I mean, a poet is supposed to tap in to the emotions that we cannot express and should not express in journalism. Hmm. What don't you think is that? Or is that a rationalization? I don't know. Why, would, why can't we express emotion in journalism? We can, but we can't express it earnestly. In mm-hmm. other words, I do want to tell the stories of struggling workers in the Middle, middle West or struggling refugees in Syria. I, I still don't think you need to tell it earnestly. You need to tell it seriously, but earnestness is a feigned seriousness. Oh, I and see. And I wouldn't say Conor Oberst is earnest. I think he's just deadly serious about matters of the heart. So you're saying he's not earnest. I, I would say that it's easy to for him to fall into earnestness sometimes, but for I'm the most look part— up. Yeah, you can look it up. Okay. For the most part, I think he's just deadly serious about his pain. I mean, he's in a lot of pain. I mean, Vince, you know what it's like to have a brain tumor. I do not. Okay. Well, if you did, be very serious. Listen, we got to bring in another guest here. It says it's sincere and intense conviction. It says nothing about feigned. Wait, that's earnestness? Earnestness. I'm looking it up. Wait, is this Merriam-Webster? Guy's a hack. No, it's not Merriam-Webster. It's American Heritage. All right. It says sincere and intense conviction. Yeah, sincere and intense. Maybe you need to change your outlook on how you do things, Gersh. Well, maybe I just need to say I want to I want to banish feigned earnestness from American letters. Well, that's a little better. All right, we got to bring in another guest now. Listen, our next guest, Johnny, our producer, is actually Max Yeager, senior editor uh, here at the Brooklyn Paper and Community Newspaper Group. Uh, Max, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Really, anytime. Well, yeah, well, anytime. That's why I'm here. So here's the reason we I brought on, here's the reason we brought on Max. Max has is been in a very long term relationship with Alana, very nice lady. I met her a couple of weeks ago. Really had a sh- took a shine to her. She, it's easy to do. I mean, she's fantastic. What is she, an accordion player? <laughs> she uh, she started on the sax. She plays bass. Um, no, no, no. There was some weird instrument. She squeeze played. box? She's got a squeeze box? She's a fan of the Who song. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, so Max, you've been dating her for like four years now. That is correct. How do you keep the magic alive? That's my question. And you're you're also a journalist, and she is is or is not? She is not. She works for the city of New York. Oh my God! She works for yeah. She works for City Council. Opposite, oh my God! Opposite of a journalist. So, but exactly. but in a way, we have shared interest in that respect because okay. we're both interested in how the, but, the world works. But don't dodge the question. We'll get to your interest. How do you keep the love alive? Because I saw you guys together, and you don't have to tell me the inner workings of your relationship. But I saw you together, and I said the love is alive. Right. How do you do it? I I don't I don't think that it's a thing that requires a lot of intention and effort. I, I think wow. I believe I believe that, uh, and I have for a long time that uh, we just click. And we did from the first time that we met. And I think that 
some of it is going in with the right you have to have the right person and, and that's something that you work out as you're going through a relationship um, but I don't I don't feel like there is a day you know I don't wake up in, in the morning and say how can I keep it fresh today how can I All right, that's a good point you know what I mean alright but, but look Max I was married for 14 years 10 of them excellent mm-hmm. so obviously I had a good run as Vince would say I had a good run yeah you had a good run but the magic died what happens when you're in the day to day you live with this what woman was, I do we live in a studio apartment that is about 300 square feet Wow, that's that's close quarters. That's very close. Yeah, quarters. I mean, that's like our studio here in downtown Brooklyn. <laughs> How big do you have? Downtown. Is the bathroom big? Uh, no, the bathroom's not big. So m- much of that is a hallway. So to I know the you don't. I know you don't think. Oh, I gotta, I gotta keep it alive. But, right. But people do change over time, and we don't change the same freaking way. Mm-hmm. Four years is a long time. That's true. I think. I think we both have changed in a direction toward each other. She, she you know, for instance, she did not start out when we first started dating. She was a uh, studio manager at a recording studio. Mm. She got interested in in the workings of city government and stuff as we were dating and as I was talking about my job and what I do. Um, and she, you know, moved into working for city council. And I think that, like, that's an example of growing together. Wow. Like, you became like two vines that twisted around each other. Yeah. But yet not choking each other to death. I like to think of us more as a rat king. A rat king. No, but yeah, not not choking each other to death. This time of year, the rat king's all over the place. <laughs> so so it's working for you. Yeah. All right. I think it's great. I mean, the sex life is okay. Gersh, it's great. Wow. See that? So, I'm, I, you can't see me because you're behind a screen, but I'm maintaining eye contact with you. No, I'm I, not, I don't that. think you're lying. <laughs> I don't think you're lying. No, I know. I just wanted to drive home the seriousness of that statement. I, I t- said on last week's show that I see God in the I see the face of God in an orgasm. Yeah, you did. And I do. I mean, nothing to me brings me closer to the people I love than having sex with them. And and that was true of my ex-girlfriend. The more sex we had, the closer I felt to her. And then and then it just it just broke. It fell apart. It's my fault, Max. I told you earlier in the show it was mm-hmm. totally my fault because I'm selfish, Vince. I'm selfish. I want to I want to play hockey on Saturday mornings at the Lakeside Center in Prospect Park, a great facility by the way. I want to play hockey the next day because I enjoy hockey. And then I want to take her to Connor Oberst. And then I want to, well, I got tickets to Hamilton. I wanted to take her to Hamilton. Well, she wants to see Hamilton. That doesn't count. Uh, Everybody wants to see Hamilton. But, like, the other, the other day I got a freebie offer. Maybe that would have saved the uh, relationship if I had you uh, brokered the deal to get those tickets. No, no, no. I, and I had a freebie offer from, from Steakhouse. She's like, you know, I'm getting sick of all these freebies. And, and I don't feel special. And you know what? Max, she was right. I didn't make her feel special. Why? Why didn't I make her feel special? Maybe you should have paid for yeah. first-class airfare to uh, a trip to Paris. Yeah, but I'm a journalist. Come on, let's be realistic. Also, I mean, we did go to Italy together, and I, I you know, I, I, but I'm cheap. Did you get any deals? I did get some deals. You got some deals on an Italian trip. But that doesn't mean I don't think she's special to me. It just means I'm, I'm, I'm strapped. A but did you you broke your back trying to get to Italy though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. We had remember we had that show where I didn't oh have my, my passport. God. I don't. Yeah. Really, I don't want to relive that. No, but that was my mistake. I'm talking about just mm. when I when we were in Italy and I, I had set up a couple of hotels that I was reviewing for the New York Daily News travel section, which you should get every Sunday. And so there were some freebies, and she, it made her, over time, feel like I was she wasn't special to me because I wouldn't go out of my way. And frankly, Max, you, you're a journalist. You know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, Gersh, I would say you wouldn't go out of your way uh, for anyone. Okay, but now, now let's talk about that. Is, that. is that a flaw? I don't know if it's a flaw. I think if you're getting something 
at a discount or you're getting something for free and you're sharing it with someone else, that's that's just as good that, as uh, getting something that you're paying for. That was my reaction. I said to her, but you're the first person I think of when I get a free pair of tickets to Connor Oberst. You're yeah. the first person. You're the only person. I didn't even think of you, Vince. I didn't even think of you. Well, that hurts. Yeah, well, maybe we got maybe we got to break up, too. Uh-huh. Anyway, we got to take a commercial. Max, you'll stay with us for a second. I, I'll you, be here. You know what, Gersh? Let's play some music. Yeah, play some music. Because I think what you could have done, I think I know what would have saved your relationship. What? Can you play some music, please? <laughs> a trip to Atlas Steakhouse. Because Gersh Kuntzman... Well, that is... She does like a steakhouse. Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you get in there... You sit down with your lovely lady and you choose your steak. And every cut has been aged to tender perfection on site. Then you can pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine selection or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. They got them for the guys. They got them for the girls. As good a meal as this is, it's starting to add up, Vince. Tell me more. (laughs) You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. So it's appetizer, steak, drink, glass of wine, and I guess it's going to be desserts. Well, when your main course arrives, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, where you should have went, it's 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can visit them on the web at atlassteak.com. Now, I will say the one problem my girlfriend never had with me was my teeth. Believe it or not. And you want to know why? No. Because I go to Dr. Joseph Lichter, a quality dentist who's truly affordable. Now, I didn't have Invisalign. I didn't need that. That's that braces that go behind the teeth. Behind it. You can't see them. Usually, it's like $5,000. Lots of money. Lichter charges 4000 which is right up my alley because I'm cheap. It's a steal. Porcelain veneers, again, which I didn't need, which usually cost about $1,000, $675 at Lichter. So, you call Lichter, and maybe your relationship will, will, will last better than me. Lichter's office, 718 718- 339-7878. He's at fourteen twenty Avenue P between East Fourteenth and East Fifteenth Street in Midwood, or online all the time at Joseph Lichter DDS Yeah, I figured the ladies they enjoy fresh breath and clean teeth. You know, they do. They do. Yeah. Listen, see what's possible when healthcare gets personal because Village Caremax is a Medicaid managed long term plan that helps you continue to stay at home and in your community for as long as possible. But they're talking about when I'm older. I'm still dating, Vince. Well, it's going to happen, Gersh, and you got to be on top of things. True. There you go. A team of healthcare professionals will work with your doctor, helping you obtain the best healthcare options available to you. You can get more information about Village Care Max by calling 1-800-469-6292. That's 1-800-469-6292. Or you can visit them at villagecaremax.org. Village Care Max. Live the life you want to live. Well, I'm going to do that for the next 30 or 40 years. All right, we're back with Max Yeager. Basically, in a, if you're just joining us now... It's you're a, living that life, though, aren't you, Gersh? Now, are you living the life you want to live, or... No. Is it, that's it. It's the life You had the life you wanted to live once. That didn't work out. Then you got the life you wanted to live a second time, I and did, now we I find did that, like that that didn't work out. I, well, I will say this. First and of is all, there a chance that you'll have one other, or maybe two other, three other more of these uh, so-called uh, lives you want to live? Well, as you know, Fitzgerald said there are no second acts in American lives, and I disagree with that man because I'm constantly reinventing myself, constantly inventing myself. If you're tuning in right now, we're having a very special edition of Brooklyn Paper Radio in which Gersh Kuntzman, that's me, and Vince DiMaselli pick through the wreckage of my dating life as I have just ended another relationship in failure. My failure, for the record, Max Yeager, 
for the record failure. Duly noted. And we brought in Jaeger because Jaeger's in a four-year relationship. It's going strong. He says they're like two vines that are clinging, glow, growing closer together every day, like the vines in the field of Wrigley Field. I, I, I'm touched by that image, uh, Max, though I am a Met fan. <laughs> and I ask you once again, is it me? Just you can, And you can be honest. I don't care. Is it me? Is there a flaw in me that prevents me from getting close to people? It sounds like there is. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you broke it off, yep. and you had your reasons for doing it. Wait, but, wait. But these are. Well, reasons. I'm not sure that's clear. Did you break it off? Well, it, it, I was did, it mutual, I did break it off. It, or you broke it off? I broke it off. Really? So there were some hurt feelings here. Well, and some of them are on my side too. But but the fact is, I, Max is onto something. But this changes everything, Gersh. I was under the impression this whole time that you had some sort of uh, dumping. But it, but it's not in fact a dumping. You were the dumper, not we the dumpy. We had we had a lengthy discussion, Max, uh, after watching three episodes of The Crown, which is a fantastic show, by the way. Is that on Netflix? Late, yeah, late in the evening. We, then I initiated discussion, saying, "Look, I, I I am failing to give you what you need and what you deserve, and it it's it's breaking my heart." It seems like it's the it's not you, it's me. No. Uh, well, that's so that's what I'm asking, Max. Rationale. Max, it is clearly me, is what you're saying. Yeah, but it, I I feel like. W- for example, with my kids, with my friends, I have so much love. I feel so connected to the people around me. And yet when it gets really serious with a woman, and this has happened now four or five times since my divorce, to give you an idea of how short my relationships are, I get really close and then I pull back because they get so, for lack of a better term, in love with Gersh Kuntzman. You, and and you don't you're uncomfortable by that? Something makes me uncomfortable. Like I can't give them what they need. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're to to some extent. You know, I, people call it like self sabotaging, right? Where no, no, no. I don't even think it's that. Okay. I, it sounds like it is. Yeah. It, it, it do does you to think me too. your career is a success, Gersh? You've been in this business what twenty five years? Wow, we're going to take a left turn. My career has been mixed in very many ways. Do I you think there were there were points in your career where you were on the cusp? Of of making a making a big splash and then for some reason you you pulled back, not that I pulled back necessarily. Uh, I do believe I think I was on the cusp a couple of times and through lack of talent and lack of knowledge of how to make connections that I would have needed, I failed. So for example, like there are points in my career where if someone had thrown a million dollars of VC money at me, I might have been able to develop some sort of media company, but I didn't know how to do that. I mean, Max, how do you even get a venture capitalist on the phone? I have no idea. Yeah, if, I, exactly. if I did, I, I wouldn't be here. Okay. Yeah, we wouldn't be having So the point is, no, I want to go back to what I was how, asking Max. Yeah. The, about the flaw in me. It's not that I don't love. I love deeply. Do you, do you believe that you can give these women what they want? No, I don't. So, in other words, I, I'm happiest in the early phases of a relationship when it's very light and bright. Very right. S- not that, not that the sex life ever drops off, but very, very fresh and I can do fun things for people. That gets old for people unless it grows, unless it's like the shark that keeps moving. And I'm, and I'm just a stationary shark. No, but <laughs> I, I think what this is coming back to is that, uh, that kind of self-defeatist prophecy. Yeah. No, no, but I don't think I'm doing it to ruin the relationship. No, because what you're, cause ultimately what you want is your freedom to do exactly what yeah. Gersh Kuntzman's heart right. and gut Tells him he has to do well, and, day in and, and, and day penis. in and day out and penis of course. So Max, is that realistic? Um, I'm, I'm getting a note from my producer. Oh wow! Suggesting uh, that I ask, do, do they want you to give them these things that you cannot provide? 
Yes, they do, because women, and Johnny, thank you for the question. It's very fair. Women love me, and because I'm a lovable guy, but they, they, they don't realize initially that my glibness and my initial kind of reluctance is not because I'm trying to keep them away. It's just that's actually who I am. Like, I, I have kids. I have a job. I, I feel very overwhelmed by the, the, the emotional needs of everyone around me. And then the girlfriend just adds in more. It's hard. Is it possible you could have a girlfriend or you would accept a girlfriend that didn't want to have you around all the time? So you're saying, would I, could I be a member of the club that didn't want me? Exactly. Uh, I believe I could. I, and I have dated women like that. And when they've been, uh, w- like Max said, clicking with me, it's been fantastic. Um, but it doesn't but, always but work does out. But does it always, does it not work out because eventually they, they, they want to take up more and more of your time? Or does it not work out because you then, for whatever reason, end that relationship? Yeah. I mean, and remember, it's not about time here. Cause, cause no, I think it is about time, Gersh. No, I don't think it's about time. Why don't you think it's about my time? Because my girlfriend wasn't demanding, oh, I got to see you every 24 hours. It wasn't like that. It was, it was an emotional, she just needed me to be more connected to her. And if you remember from one of our earlier shows, my wife wanted that. Ju- Julie, wa- that, she, towards the end, she was like, I don't feel you're emotionally connected to me. She even said to me at one point, and I'm sorry to air this publicly, she said, if I feel like if I got cancer, you wouldn't be there for me. And that hurt, Max. I, I imagine. But was it true? Well, <laughs> only, <laughs> only you know. Only, you would know. only yeah. I know. You, I, I don't know. I don't. I worry it was true. That's what I worry about, Johnny. I think that I think that gets to, to the issue though, because yeah. again, there that's where your your fear is that you can't uh, provide or you can't make good. You know, yeah. you can't deliver the, deliver the goods. I mean, I deliver some of the goods. I mean, and obviously, I'm talking about in bed. I'm talking about in the kitchen. And the bathroom sometimes, but I, I just I don't deliver the goods, the heart, the heart. I got the brain, I got the guts, I got the balls of a newsman, but I just don't have the heart. So it, it comes down to that emotional connection that you just can't make with the women that love you. Well, what is that? That's a that's a something. We I don't know. To... I think that's what we have to. Maybe we should open up to our callers. Yeah, that's right. Listen, give us a call at seven one eight two six zero. 4502 If you have some advice for Gersh, give us a call right now. Maybe you're a woman. Maybe you're listening. And uh, you say, hey, this is what you're doing wrong, Mr. Kuntzman. Let's now, for the record, for not, for we're thing. not opening up the phone lines simply to get me dates. Because that's what it sounded like you were doing there, Vince. And that's really unbecoming. However, 718-260. You can Google Gersh Kuntzman. You'll see a picture of his face. It comes up. You click on the images. 4502. This is radio for a reason. Anyway, but I, I would I would welcome calls, especially if you're a psychiatrist or a psychologist out there who has an insight. Maybe this is a Freudian problem. Maybe it's because I saw my mother naked when I was six. I mean. Did that happen? I mean, you saw my mother. I didn't see her naked. Anyway, we got to get out. We got to get out, Max. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you sure were thing. absolutely. By on the way, point. nobody turned on that we're on air. I'm looking at the website, and according to the website, we're not on air. Well, that's great. I'm glad we're taping this. Yeah. Anyway, Max, what I'm saying is, you you had a great insight. You you hit you hit me to my core. You hit me to my core. That's what I'm here for. All right, where are we gonna go with we this? We got We got to bring in. We got to bring in Bill Roundy, and I'll tell you why. Bill Roundy is the entertainment editor of the Brooklyn Paper, and he knows a what it's like to be single. He knows what it's like to drink, and he knows where to drink it. So I'm going to call him up right now. We're going to bring in Roundy. And we are live now on the air. This is not a tape show. Is that Bill Roundy? Can you, if you can. 
No. <laughs> you, know, you know his extension? Why don't you, I do. Why don't you just you open the door and... and Go get... Know. Is Max going to get him or is, oh, uh, is oh, Max going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Jimmy? I'll stick around. Oh, okay. good. Yeah, Max, we have He's having a good time. No, it's a great show. Oh, is that Bill Roundy? It is. Bill Roundy, it's Gersh Kunstman from Brooklyn Paper Radio. I hope you can come in and share some thoughts about my single life. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Okay, here he goes. You know, we were supposed to have on Lenore Skenazy today, Gersh. What happened with that? No, she's in the green room. She'll be in in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, may, there may not be time. Hmm. Uh, Skenazy rhymes with crazy. Uh, had a lot to say about uh, relationships, but mostly parenting. I was going to ask her about her parenting Parenting tips. children. Because I find um, parenting Parent overwhelms to me. Children. Like oh, there's Bill Roundy. Bill Roundy, have a seat. He's got his hat on. Now, Bill Roundy, entertainment editor extraordinaire of Go Brooklyn, the premier Brooklyn um, going out section. Bill, you and I have been friends a long time. In fact, it's, it's a definitive guide to the borough of Kings. I last checked. I did, in fact, discover you as a young cartoonist with a dream. It's true. He, he was. He was. And Bill Roundy had a had a before they were all crushed. Hi, Bill, yeah, thank you. Bill, not by me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I, I may have trouble connecting emotionally, but I do not have trouble connecting to your work. So you but know what this show's about, Bill Roundy, It's don't a very you? special edition yes. of Brooklyn Paper Radio. We're talking about why... You've Gersh been listening out in the studio. The speakers are on out there in the newsroom. Everyone can hear what's going on. And, and Gersh Kunstman is opening what little heart he has to try to figure out what is wrong with him. It's very Grinch-like. But we wanted to go about 180 degrees on that one and say, you know what, Roundy? You've been covering the bar scene in Brooklyn for years. You had a column called Bar Scrawl, which was an innovative and a clarion call of cartoonists all over the world about Brooklyn. Five bars, right off the top of your head, five bars that have a good single scene. Yeah, where that's can, where I got to go. Where can Gersh, you know, fill this hole in his heart? Well, well no, I'm never filling the hole in the heart. Well, it's a tiny heart. Okay, you're maybe right. Well, I got to say, the first place you want to stop, if you want to drown your sorrows, is I've just discovered that uh, the Costco down in Sunset Park has a liquor store. So Right next to it, yeah. Yeah, nice. you can nice. just load up there. And, okay. Uh, that That's a little depressing. That will Costco help drown liquor. some of those sorrows. Okay. Now, is there any particular drink you would recommend to Gersh? That's just yeah, straight up hard. Does liquor? a bar, any bar you know, have like a drink called the "Your Heartless Jerk"? Not, not off the top of my head. All right. Well, uh, people uh, should call in and tell us the <laughs> recipe for "You're a Heartless yeah. Jerk." All right. But what what bar should I be hitting uh, to to either drown my sorrows or or meet meet a, meet someone new? Well, I say any bar where the bartender is on your side is going to help you, you know, pick ah, up the ladies. So the bartender becomes a wingman, you're saying? Exactly. Like, they work know. with the bartender. Wait, yeah. wait, how, are there tips there? I had no idea. Yeah, no, go somewhere where, uh, where you know the bartender, where you know that he's friendly, and he knows the people, and he may, maybe he knows a lonely lady that you can be introduced well, look, to. Look, so this that's this like is the bartender is like your, your Tinder. No, this, bar, your bartender. This is not me praying. This is not me praying on the lonely and the forlorn, Bill Rondi. I'm just trying to meet someone nice who, who doesn't necessarily think that I'm gonna be the the one. Because I'm not the one. There's a million Gersh Kunstmans out there. We're nice guys, Bill. We cook well. We clean up in the bedroom, or maybe we clean up in the kitchen. We do the other thing well. I mean, I just want someone who can just appreciate me for the limited guy I am. Well, it occurred to me that you are a very funny man. Hmm. So perhaps you should go... Funny how? <laughs> funny <laughs> how? <laughs> funny. <laughs> funny like he's here to amuse you? <laughs> so where should I go? <laughs> yeah. 
so there is a new spot that's just opened up in Park Slope, uh, which is both a bar and a comedy venue, and it's run by a comedian. Really? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. called Salzy, and it's run by Jennifer Salzman. Oh, you know, it's Salzman. funny. Where exactly is it? You wrote about that this week. Tell me exactly where it is. Is uh, that it, online? It is on, uh, yes, it is. It's on Fifth Avenue between 12th and 13th. Well, that's very convenient to Maybe my Maybe we location. should go there tonight, Kirsch. I would like to think Maybe about Maybe I'll that. drop you off on the way home. We'll stop over. Are they going to be doing comedy every night there? Uh, no, it's going to be a mix of different. Uh, there's a back room, so there's going to be music. It's going to be burlesque shows. Oh, it's a back room. I thought you were going to be there's a back room with a mattress. I mean, that's that's not where I'm going right now. Uh, Salzy sounds like a lot of fun, so we should go to Salzy. Should try that out. And there's a very fancy couch in the back room as well. You know, if you want, is that a meet someone couch? there is and uh, you want to settle in? And is, I'll is tell it you a convertible Max, couch? I, I want to bring Max in for a second. Max, you've been you've been dating for four years, and I and the makeout thing always kind of bothers me a little bit. I'm not a makeout guy. And my girlfriend, and again, for the record, it was my fault that we broke up. She loved just kissing. And I, I just wasn't there. Max, do you do a lot of kissing with your girl? You've been dating four years. Do you actually, like, kiss for extended periods of time before moving on to the real, the real deal? No. Really? You just it's, it's down and dirty? Oh, yeah. Vince, what about you? You kiss your wife a lot? It depends on the time of day. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. It means exactly what I said. If you just wake up in the morning and you got morning breath, you're not kissing your wife. Uh, yeah, without question. But I you might have that. sex in the morning. You might. There is a possibility, yes. So there'd be sex without kissing is what that is. That could happen de- on, uh, depending on uh, tooth- the amount of toothpaste in the house, yes. All right. And Bill Roundy, just in, in your world. I'm a big fan of public displays of affection. It makes everyone else uncomfortable, and I really enjoy that. See that? <laughs> Okay. But, I'm, but I'm, I'm thinking about this now, Gersh, and this is that emotional connection that we were talking about before. Sure. Maybe the kissing is what is the actual yeah. emotional connection. You try to focus on the orgasm. I do. All right, and maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe that's where you're making uh, your mistake. I have been, Max, I'll admit this. I have been criticized in years past. Not, I'm not talking about my ex-wife, but girlfriends sometimes think that I'm too quick to get to the, to pl- the pl- pleasing of her, which is weird because growing up, it was all about, hey, if you can can you know excite a woman they'll never leave you so it was all about like you had to have a good sense of humor and you had to be giving they used to say we used to say are you giving yeah i'm giving and now i'm finding out no no the kissing and the emotional stuff is more important and that's hard for me roundy what do you think roundy's a big fan of public i don't understand you know Dating women in okay, general. Forget about, but so. So it's universal, though. You, are you giving? Are you giving in that way? Sure, but, but it starts with the kissing. I know, but whose orgasm are you more focused on? Your partner's or yours? Mine. I mean, clearly. Oh, so there you go. So <laughs> I'm the most important person in this room. <laughs> so maybe it's different in, in, in the uh, roundy community. But all right, Max, wh- whose orgasm are you focused on? Uh, I, hers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Vince? Yeah, without question. Oh, really? You know, Vince, you, you're a politician. I am not a politician. I see that look in I'm your face. I'm an editor. Okay. Point is, I, I always... I get just, you the truth. Gersh. I'm just so eager to get my partner off. I'm just... I love it. it it's a, it's, and I, as I said, I see the face of God in an orgasm. Not only my orgasms. It's a point of pride, right? Well, see, now when you talk about it like that, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's my problem, that to me it's, I will, ha- I will help you achieve orgasm and it'll make me look good. Uh, like, that's bad. That's it. Do you, you, do you enjoy – Once again, Gersh wants a pat on the back or in this case his head. Right. And how much <laughs> – does she feel pressure? No, I, I hope that's – I don't know. Maybe – I mean there have been some women who have felt pressure by, by my voraciousness. Uh, and I'm not talking as a reader. 
my voraciousness in the bedroom. Max, but you were going to say that that maybe that my pride goeth before the fall. Well, yeah. I mean, if if it's becoming an issue and and you, it's no longer about her. If if they're saying, look, I don't, I'm good or whatever. I don't know what the situation is, but I yeah. think it's it's clearly someone else's orgasm is about you. Wow. Right. In a way. Well, I don't want it to be. I mean, I just want to be giving. I want to be pleasing. Mm-hmm. It is a fine line, right? Yeah, but I mean, even the way that you're talking about it and using using verbs that you are you are giving, you are pleasing, you want to be doing these things. Not you. You didn't just say I want someone to enjoy themselves. And I'm not saying that I'm not mm-hmm. passing any judgment on that. I'm just saying like the the language that you used. Oh, I think you're passing judgment. No, the judgment is made, and that's fair. It's fair judgment. So you're saying I should switch to a different type of maybe passive voice. <laughs> yeah, I well, want her to be pleased. I'm no. saying I'm saying that's, that that's that's worse. Worse. that your 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 that the way that you've phrased that is yeah. is revelatory. Wow! So you're a better shrink than the shrink I was seeing uh, when I was dating the last few people I've been dating. There was a shrink on the Upper West Side, and at some points I would say these things to her, and she'd be like, "Look, you're not the problem. The problem is how people relate to you when you are yourself." You know, and I think there's some truth to that, Roundy. Right? Like in other words, if you're if I if I'm being Gershkunstman, sure, and I'm happy in my skin, feeling I'm good about myself, happy to be here, I, I love being here, love being in the room, love you know being in bed, and the person isn't enjoying that or doesn't feel comforted by that, it's never going to work. Right. I mean, what you've got, you are a well-established brand. It's not going to change. Yeah, I know. So but you find someone who's going to appreciate. Yeah, but I'm like Johnson and Johnson. I mean, and not everybody loves that kind of crap. And I would say that one thing you should know: my girlfriend, if she had heard you say that, and frankly, I hope she didn't, uh, she would be appalled because she hates. She always hated the Gersh Kunstman thing. Like, if I talk to m- about myself in the third person, which listeners of this show know I do, because I'm Gersh Kunstman, and that's who, what Gersh Kunstman does. Who are you again? She mm-hmm. hated that, and I get it, Bill. I get that thing. Is like you're not a brand. You're my boyfriend. But sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Gersh Kunstman is in the kitchen and I am making dinner. You know, th- and that just makes people crazy. What was the last meal you made? What was your last supper? Believe it or not, I made, uh, she had hamburger meat and we made hamburgers and roasted vegetables. Hamburgers and roasted vegetables. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you make a Big Mac? I did have cheese on it, yeah. Was it a no, Big Mac? Did you have like two all-beef patties? And no, it was not. Special I don't have sauce. special sauce, no. Special sauce is easy to make. Well, we, there was no special sauce that night. We broke up. Oh, man. Anyway, we got to get out. Roundy, last question. You have not recommended a specific bar. Throw them one bar. Well, we have uh, Salzy. Salzy, but that's not a bar. Give me, and give we me have a the bar Costco liquor store. Where I'm going to feel like I'm going to slide in, and it's going to be like a great cocktail, and everybody wants to know my name, which is Gersh Kunstman, by the way. Uh, I would recommend the Bearded Lady. Where's that in, now? Where's it's that? over in Prospect Heights. Uh, it is... Uh, a fancy little cocktail bar. It's got okay. a good selection of beer. They serve oysters there, which is an aphrodisiac. That's aphro- aphro- and uh, you've yeah, got a really good diverse group of people from all different age good ranges. Mix. Uh, and also there's a little uh, there's a little booth in the back, which is out of view mm. of the bartenders in case things are going well. There wow. you go. Right, well, the Bearded Lady. What's uh, your favorite drink at the Bearded Lady? Uh, the Hamilton. Ah. Oh. See that? Which is a lovely I gotta say, I, drink. Bill Roundy, you'll be back. Is there is there a the bartender Hamilton. he should uh, he should ally himself with there? <laughs> nice. Uh, yes, uh, Mary. 
Okay. Uh, is the owner and the bartender there. Oh, I got to say, I think it's Bill Roundy loves to drink, and that's what I've always I loved I thought he was going to recommend shenanigans right around the corner from his house. Hey, I'm not letting him move into my territory. No. <laughs> well, we, you and I are hunting different prey, my friend, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, got to get out. Bill Roundy, ladies and gentlemen, a great editor. Get out, and we're going to call in one more guest. we got one more. we got time for one we more. Time Remember, for one more. the phone lines are open. 260-4502. That's in the 718 area code. Who are we bringing in? I'm going to bring in Caroline Spivak, who's a young reporter. Ah, a young Brooklynite through and through. Grew up here in the borough. Thank you, Bill Roundy. You've done it again. Hello. Uh, Caroline Spivak, it is Gersh Kunstman of the Brooklyn Paper Radio. How are you? How are you doing, Gersh? Uh, well, listen, we're having a very special, uh, tragic edition of Ger- Brooklyn Paper Radio, which is about <laughs> Gersh Kunstman's Gersh Kunstman Radio bre- <laughs> breakup. So we need you to come in here and talk a little bit about how how it's going and why I, why I, I fail at love so often. Okay, can you give me a moment? I'm on the phone with somebody. Well, Actually, okay. we, no, we, we don't have that. But come in when you're done. Come in when you're done. Okay, I'll right. come in in a second. Then. Right. Thanks. She's on the phone. Yeah, it's weird. They're doing their job out there. Well, we still have Max Yeager here. Max, the question I was going to ask Spivak, she's in a lull right now. She's not dating anybody, mm-hmm. which I think is Maybe we should just make a call. Make a call. Tragic. It's tragic that she's not dating anybody. But anyway, she's not dating anybody. You've had lulls in your in your dating career, am I right? Yeah. The highs and lows, ups mm-hmm. and downs, and, and the downs. Yeah. How do you get through the downs? Oh, man. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I would I would just go out and troll uh, bars and stuff. Troll? You know, you know what I mean? Like, troll, like the, it's a walk fishing around, term. visit. Yeah, um, it is a fishing. Oh, you mean troll? Troll. troll yes. Yeah. yeah. So so I would probably uh, get through it by a, a string of meaningless interactions. But that's all I'm capable of. That's the that's what we're talking. Oh, Caroline Spivak. Well, is yeah, here. here we go. She's, she'll help you out more than I, than I. Caroline, have a seat. Now we brought you in for one reason. One reason only. Have we a did a little bit of headphones. A, enjoy. We did a tiny bit of a pre-interview before the show. We did a little show. bit of research before the show. And I said, Spivak, what are you an expert on? And you know what she said to me? She said, you know what? I'm an expert in being comfortable in my own skin. Now, mm. maybe I'm not dating anybody right now, as she said, but I'm okay with that. So my question for you, Caroline, to bring it, bring it home back to Gersh Kunstman because it's a special edition. How can I be comfortable in my own skin so I don't jump at the next opportunity so I, I wait a little and find the right woman? Well, I think it's important for you to take some time to get to know yourself, Gersh. No, no, no. I'm 51 years old, Caroline. I'm hot. I'm an attractive man. I'm sexy. I know who I am. And I also know who Gersh Kuntzman is. He's got a nice head of hair. Thank you. So let's skip that one. But what, what, you're comfortable in your own skin, probably more than anybody I know. How do you do it? Um, I don't know. I guess I don't feel like I need another human being to validate my existence is one thing. Um, I've whoa, 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 wait a second. So is that, Gersh, do you need another human being yeah. to validate your existence? That's is, what is Ruth she, Brown said at the top of the, the right, show. Is she on the right path? Sure, yeah. sure. Ruth Brown said it at the top of the show. Max Yeager said it. I think actually all our guests have said it. I'm a guy who sucks all the air out of the room because you know what? It's all about me. It's all about me. And it's not, it, it's who I am. I can't, I can't just give it up, right? So why do you even need someone else? Well, because what? I need the reflected glory. I need to see that look in the mirror and see someone else adoring me. So you need well, constant, constant, constant re uh, like pats on the back, like saying how great you are. Is I, that what it comes down to? I like a pat on the back. It doesn't. It's not constant. It's not constant. It seems like it is. If it's all about you, then why are you so afraid of being just by yourself? No, because I don't like being alone. 
because I see the face of God in orgasm. I need the sexual contact. I need the carnal knowledge. You, so, can, you can still have sex while being single. No, of course I'm going to have sex. I'm not talking about getting married, Caroline. Come on, I'm 51 years old. I got two kids. I have an ex-wife. I'm not looking to get married. But I am looking to be close to someone. I'm looking to love someone. But I, as we've discussed this whole hour, I can't. I'm not capable of it. So maybe I need to find a way to not want that, to be a different Gersh Kunstman than the Gersh Kunstman who keeps calling himself Gersh Kunstman. Well, why do you feel you need you know, constantly to have the glory reflected back to you through others? Because I think on some level, I feel like I'm a bit of a failure professionally. I'm certainly a failure romantically. I, I'm a divorced man. I'm a failure somewhat as a parent. Although my kids love me, I, I don't feel like I do enough for them. So there's, there's failure all around me. And when I date someone or, or even just among my friends, I mean, Vince is a great friend and he is constantly reassuring me that I have value. I do. I do reassure him that. And Max does. Yeah. So, and Caroline, you do in your own small way. <laughs> so my question is, is that, so is that so bad? We all want reassurance. I mean, Johnny, our producer, wants reassurance. I don't know where he gets it, frankly. Vince is married. Great marriage, great kids. Kid loves them. Oh, wonderful. Where do you, Spivak, where do you get your reassurance? You said you don't even need another person. Where do you get your reassurance from, though? I guess I get it from myself. I get it from Really? My, yeah. You re are you really able to do that? Because that's a miracle, and you should write a book right now. You quit the Brooklyn paper and write a book. Please don't quit. Yeah, do it on the side. <laughs> you can do it on the side. We'll help you in that's any Max way we Yeager, can. Her boss. No, seriously, do you really, you really have a way of manufacturing it yourself, the approval. You just you feel so good. I do a good job every day, and I'm good looking, and I'm excited, and I go home, and I feel good. I sleep well at night. Yeah, you have to be your own support network. You know, If you don't have somebody else, you got to rely on yourself and the people you love around you. That's hard. But you're saying you don't necessarily need somebody else. But I think Gersh Kunstman thinks he does. And again, he does that. He does need that because, again, he needs to be constantly be told he's awesome. Well, I don't know about constantly. Now, come on. Now, now we got listeners who are sitting there saying, well, I, don't want, I would never date that guy. No, I'm, I'm a normal guy. Max, would you say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being a completely normal guy, what am I? 8, 9? Sure, yeah. You're, there's nothing outstandingly crazy about you. And and let's go scale of one to ten, physically, just physically, straight up. Physically. We're talking. We're talking eleven. Eleven. Okay. Fine. <laughs> thank you. See, now I didn't need that, but I loved it. You loved it. I loved it. Spivak. <laughs> I didn't you. even need it. All right. We got to get out. Spivak. Last question. You're single right now. Yes, sir. And when when I say are you single, you're not seeing anybody. You're not dating. You're not having sex with anybody right now. No. Okay. Does that bother you? No, no. See, I couldn't live like that. Vince, mm -hmm. I need the carnal activity. I need the basest human connection. The I don't mean basic. I mean the most base. The, 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 and I do mean basic, which I think has the same root. Base sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that's all the time we have. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go. Let's get to the music. Thank you for joining us. Caroline Spivak is here. And she's leaving. Oh, I love this song. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of getting old. 
So see what's possible when healthcare gets personal. Village Care Max is a Medicaid-managed long-term plan that helps you continue to stay at home and in your community for as long as possible. Listen, you're getting old. You want to be in your house. You don't want to be in a hospital. You don't want to be staying in some place by a, you know, by some by a highway. Yeah, by a highway with the cars driving by and smoke coming in. And Village Care Max consists of a team of healthcare professionals that will work with your doctor, helping you to set up health appointments. Organizing your medical care and monitor your medications. And as a member, your care member, your care manager will visit your home to guide you and your family toward the best healthcare options available. So remember, Village Care Max, 1-800-469-6292. Visit them online, villagecaremax.com. Atlas Steakhouse, you're going there next. It's delicious. Choose your steak. Pair it with a cocktail. Eat everything. Have those desserts. Eat. <laughs> Sweeter than the last. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue in beautiful Ditmas Park. And I got to mention Joseph Lichter, 